Are we recording? We are now recording. Oh, okay. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Casey. Welcome to Devil's Food, where we talk about true crime and all the things every week. Every week on Wednesday. We're here on Wednesdays for you every hump day. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> The dogs don't appreciate it. Okay, we're back. Okay, great. <laughs> so, today, mm-hmm. I have brought to you something really gross and horrible. Great. And I just want everybody to know, this is your trigger warning. I'm giving you one. The whole thing is just not she, good. She's not going to list out every possible trigger warning. Just know the entire episode is a trigger warning if you are easily triggered <laughs> if it's something bad and you think that oh it can't be that bad you're wrong it's that bad i have no idea what we're talking about today so if casey says it's bad i'm preparing my butt your butt should be prepared because my you know just in case so today i have brought to you richard chase okay he is also known as the sacramento vampire Okay, I feel like I've heard of that. I don't. I don't know his name very. Though. Um, I remember listening. I think it was my favorite murder. Did a podcast about mm-hmm. him, but they kept it kind of mild. So if you want a more mild version of Richard, oh Chase, no. <laughs> uh, I think it's my favorite murder. Has a pretty good episode on him. I would imagine that there's quite a few. I'm sure more. I have no idea too. But I, don't know. I didn't go seeking out anything. You can look, I guess, if uh, you don't want to be triggered by Casey's version. But I'm stuck here, so Casey, let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> so, Richard Chase was born on May 23rd, 1950 in Santa Clara County in California. He was born to Richard and Patrice Beatrice Chase. His father was a computer specialist and his mother was a school teacher. Richard was described as your average boy and was neither special nor pecu- peculiar. Uh, so he was just a normal kid. Nothing. Hate that. Yeah, nothing weird happened to him. He was just, hmm. like, head injury-wise, I guess. Okay. When he was three years old, his family moved to Sacramento, California. In the following year, his sister Pamela was born. Richard was a Cub Scout and played Little League. And baby Richard was described as being a sweet child by his teachers and was generally popular with his peers. Now, his home life, though, was a little different. His parents were strict, and they regularly punished him. When he was two years old, he was force-fed by his father until he vomited. Ew. Yeah. Why would you even... Okay. Why would you even want to do that? Well, when you're living with an abusive, narcissistic asshole, they're going to do what they want. That's true. Ugh. Sometimes the confrontations were so bad that his father would shake him and throw him against the wall. As a baby? As a baby. Yeah. No, you don't do that to the baby. You don't do that at all. You don't do but that don't, at all, yeah. You don't do that to the baby. <laughs> so his father was allegedly emotionally abusive and would yell at Richard whenever he messed up, even the smallest things. His parents also had a bad relationship. Um, his mother would rut- routinely accuse his father of doing dope and trying to poison her. And they would often fight in front of the kids. Sounds like a very toxic, dysfunctional household. Yeah. On just kind of like all the way around. On every level, yeah. 
Okay. Due to their marriage issues, uh, Richard's parents didn't seem to notice the odd behavior he started to exhibit when he was about 10 years old. Oh, so he wasn't really normal, like how we said. It's just no one noticed. As a wee child, he was normal. When he got to the age of 10, that's when things started to change. Okay. Uh, He developed an interest in dead animals. Hate that. He would often kill and torture stray cats from around his neighborhood. Hate that more. And it was noted that he was fascinated by their blood and intestines. Ew. Yeah. Mm. What started with stray cats later became killing birds, rabbits, and dogs. So he just went for it. Oh my god. When Richard was 13, he exhibited his earliest reality break. He became convinced that he was actually a member of the James Younger Gang, a group of outlaws from the 19th century. Oh. Um, he apparently got a poster made of the gang with his face on it and often asked his mom for a cowboy hat. So I feel like that's the equivalent of like take, taking somebody's wedding pictures and pasting your face over the bride. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> he really wanted to be a cowboy, okay? <laughs> he wanted to be a cowboy. I can relate to that statement, but not to him. <laughs> What's that song? I should have been a cowboy. cowboy. That one. Yeah. yeah. Um, something that I also thought was notable is as he got older, he still wet the bed. So he was oh, a bed wetter. that's never a good sign. Yeah. Not uh, with these cases, anyway. No. Never. If you wet the bed, I don't judge you. I'm just saying in the cases that we talk about. If they wet the bed, they're probably a serial killer. But that doesn't mean you're a serial killer if you wet the bed. Unless you are. If Unless you are, you are, come tell me. Yeah, you can tell Casey, and she can make an episode about it, I guess. Come find me, and we'll talk about it. Don't message me. I'm not that interested. (laughs) (laughs) Once Richard started high school, his parents separated. His mother took the kids to Los Angeles to live with her family when Richard was in ninth grade. And then four months later, they moved back to Sacramento to live with his dad again. A lot of jumping around, sounds like. Yeah, I couldn't really figure out, like, if his dad, like coaxer to come back or what have you Mm, probably yeah uh while in high school richard was fairly normal around his peers he was even able to get a girlfriend or two Hmm. however they would always ultimately leave him when he was unable to engage in sexual ventures and it wasn't that richard wasn't attracted to women it's just he couldn't maintain an erection did you say attracted to woman women oh women (laughs) I thought you said, like, singular woman. He's he's not attracted to woman. He's attracted to women. Oh, he yeah. likes the women. Women. <laughs> um, <laughs> to Richard, his erectile dysfunction was due to a lack of blood. So to Ooh. fix this, he needed to consume blood. Uh, in his teenage years, Richard became a heavy drinker of alcohol. Not blood just yet. Okay. And started using drugs. I'm still caught up on the fact that he thought to get a boner, he needed to get blood. Well, his thought process was that he didn't have enough blood flowing through him to kind of get it up. I get it. Yeah. I saw a TikTok related to this. I wanted to tell you about it before I forget. Yeah. Uh, It was a TikTok that said, have you ever thought about if you gave a blood transfusion that your blood could be in someone's boner right now? 
relatable content. Okay. Yeah, it was relatable to this subject, but I never thought I'd actually have to bring it up in the podcast. That's a new reason <laughs> why I won't donate my blood. I made that blood on my own. You guys can judge me all you want. It is my blood. I made it. Nobody else needs it's, it. She DIY'd it, okay? Yes. It's very <laughs> special to me. Um, so Richard, he was, you know, started using drugs, drank alcohol, and he would often smoke marijuana and took a large amount of LSD and amphetamines. <laughs> he would often steal from his neighbors and show no remorse for hurting animals. Uh, he stopped showing interest in school and his grades slipped to F's very quickly. Not much else mattered to Richard other than drugs and blood. Somehow, he managed to graduate from Mira Loma High School in 1968. The next year, Richard was 18 and still suffering from erectile dysfunction, and it caused him so much distress that he chose to see a psychiatrist about it. That's probably the wisest move he ever made. Oh, absolutely, but I have a feeling the psychiatrist he saw was a quack. Oh, God. Because... Spoke too soon. When they talked about everything, um... He not only went from his erectile dysfunction, he not only went for his erectile dysfunction, but also for his emotional and emotional instability. The psychiatrist advised that his erectile dysfunction was from emotional issues such as anxiety or repressed rage towards women. And they noted that Richard was mentally ill, however, not so badly that he needed intervention. So they were like, there might be something up with you, but... Maybe not. But if you're mentally ill, shouldn't you have some kind of help regardless? As a mentally ill person who just got done with a psychiatrist appointment, I believe that everybody needs yeah. a little bit of help. I was say, like, you had, do they, are they just saying, like, oh, you need to be, like, really mentally ill before we do anything? Is that basically, that's basically what they said. Like, if you're just a little mentally ill, we just know you're a little, you know, you just need a little bit. You can have a little mental illness as a treat. A little spice. Just a little bit. But this was also, uh, like, what was this, the 70s? The 78s, 79s, so almost into the 80s, so. Makes sense. Yeah, mental health wasn't really that big of a thing back then. I feel like it hasn't been, it hasn't been until, like, the past, like, 10 years, maybe. Yeah. I agree. Anywho. So, even though Richard was told about his uh, anxiety and repressed rage, he still thought that his erectile dysfunction was because his body was low on blood. As an adult, Richard (laughs) accused his... (laughs) I know. I just can't. Just imagine going to a doctor and being like, this is what's wrong, doc, and then being like, well, let me tell you what's wrong, and then you'd be like, nope, that's not it. Hey, let me tell you, doc. I just don't have enough blood. That's just I not can't, enough. I can't get it up. It's a blood issue. It's a blood issue. And the doctor, the doctor's just like, you know, you might be onto something, but it's not the right thing. Right. <laughs> so Richard started as an adult. Richard started to accuse his mother of poisoning him. So he moved out of her house and into an apartment. Once he had his own apartment space, Richard would capture, kill, and disembowel various animals, which he would consume raw. Ew. Yeah, it gets worse. Like I said, the like, whole the whole episode's a trigger warning. Like, it's terrible. Like, it's awful in every sense. But why would you eat it raw? Wait until you hear about the smoothies. Oh my god. 
So he, <laughs> he would then put the viscera of the animals he'd killed into a blender and make smoothies and drink it like that. He wanted that iron. He wanted something. Is this... We should have prefaced, prefaced this episode that uh, Casey tried to tell the story to one, someone that she knew. Oh, yeah. I was at work, and I, was, I read a couple lines from um, my write-up to a co-worker, and we're morticians, so we see and hear horrible things every day. And he asked me to stop politely. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that the part where he told you to stop? No, it, it gets worse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Richard would drink these smoothies and he believed that they would keep his heart from shrinking. He had a fear that if his heart shrank so too much, he would die and disappear. Is that a thing? Like, do people's hearts just shrink? I don't think so. Okay. But this is Richard <laughs> we're talking about here. Okay. Um, he also complained frequently that his heart would stop beating or that someone had stolen his pulmonary artery, which. How does one go about stealing a pulmonary artery? I have no idea. It includes a scalpel, <laughs> definitely. Yet he had never been cut open. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. He just woke up one day. He's like, oh, man. That artery is just gone. I can feel it. You know, I've had those days where you just wake up and you think you're missing a vein or an artery. And you just don't feel like yourself. I get that. <laughs> We've all been there. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not funny. Clearly this person is very messed up. But it's just, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> he he was an extreme hypochondriac. I would so say. He had, he had a few... A few issues. I like his medical reasonings so far. So far, he's definitely been the, like, doctor of school. I'm really glad that he wasn't in the era of, um, what's that website? It, Med? WebMD? Yeah. Whew. Could you imagine? He'd be really disappointed when he found out that people's hearts just don't shrink. He would probably still think that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so, in 1975, Richard was involuntarily committed to a mental institution after being taken to the hospital for blood poisoning. Yeah. Uh, he had contracted the blood poisoning after injecting rabbit's blood into his veins. Yep. Kayla's making a face, and it's... I'm processing. She's having a moment. I just don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't get it. But here we are. Here we are. After discovering that Richard drank the blood of birds, the hospital staff started referring to him as Dracula. He went through an array of treatments involving psychotropic drugs, and in 1976, he was deemed no longer a danger to society. Hospital staff protested the decision, however, his mother decided that he no longer needed to be on the medications, and that she, so she weaned them off the medicine to get it and got him a new apartment so she was like yep yeah, nope you don't need that we don't believe in mental health around here let's go ahead and take you off this stuff that's clearly making you a normal person like now you're acting okay so we're going to take away the things that are making you act okay yes and the entire hospital says that you you know that you need it you need help but you know what mother knows best mother knows best 
So it was mid-1977 when he was stopped by a native agent on a reservation in the Lake Tahoe area, and he was arrested. His crime? Driving a truck full of guns while being absolutely soaked in blood with a bucket of blood in the passenger seat. Richard convinced the arresting agent that he had been hunting and it was all a misunderstanding and no charges were filed. Do we... What? What? (laughs) Yeah, he was just driving around with a bucket of blood, a bunch of guns, covered in blood. So, did that blood come from that person? No. I don't know where the blood came from. We don't know where the blood came from? As as of right now, Richard is um, on a strict animal blood diet. We haven't made it to human blood yet. Okay. 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 Yeah. We're moving. Okay. <laughs> so that same year, in December of 1977, mm-hmm. Richard car- killed his first victim in a drive-by shooting. The victim was Ambrose Griffin, and he had been taking a walk with his wife. He was a 51-year-old engineer and father of three. And that's all we have about him, unfortunately. He didn't do anything crazy to him. He just decided to drive by, shoot him for whatever reason. Out of all the ways that I would have thought he would have killed somebody, that was not on my list. Yeah, it wasn't on my list either until I read it. Okay. So, yeah. In January of 1978, Richard asked his neighbor for a cigarette and then restrained her until she gave him the entire pack. Two weeks later, he attempted to enter the home of another woman, but her doors were locked. And Richard would later tell detectives that he took locked doors as a sign that he was not wanted. However... Unlocked doors were a welcome sign for him to enter. I've heard of that. That's the phrase that I had, I knew of with him, uh-huh. but I wasn't sure what else he did. But that was like the one thing that I knew of, and that's what gives him that like that, that vampire. vampire yeah. yeah, because you know you gotta be welcomed. You in. have to be welcomed in as a vampire. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why you don't put welcome mats on your doorstep. If you're gonna have a mat on your doorsteps, ours says like "Welcome to our haunted house." It's not an invite in. I've heard of somebody who broke into a home recently, and the lawyer used the welcome mat as their defense. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I guess that's a thing. Like, the welcome mats that say, come on in. If you have one of those, get rid of it. You're just inviting in vampires. Vampires, spooks, burglars, Richard. Right, right. Richard, (laughs) specifically. Lock your doors. Lock your doors. It's very important. On January 21st of 1978, Richard entered the house of Teresa Wallen. Uh, So, the Teresa Wallen story is where we start to get into a little bit more blood and guts and going going forward. Okay. This is horrible. Okay. Are you going to tell me when your co-worker told you to stop talking? Oh, absolutely. I will tell you. I mean, I'm here for the long haul, baby. (laughs) So, Teresa Wallen was three months pregnant at the time, and he shot her three times. He then defiled her body by having sex with it while stabbing her with a butcher knife. He then disemboweled her and used the bucket to collect her blood and took the bucket to the bathroom where he then bathed in her blood. He then sliced off her nipple, drank some more of her blood, uh, and, oh, I'm sorry, he drank some of her blood using an empty yogurt container as his cup. So I don't know where he got the yogurt container, but he was definitely using it as a cup. I guess he was resourceful. You know that reduce, reuse, recycle. Recycle, yeah. Yuck. Before leaving, he went into the yard, obtained dog feces, and stuffed them down her throat. 
Two days after he left, uh, he purchased two puppies from her neighbor. He then killed, drank the blood of the puppies, and left the bodies on the neighbor's front lawn. So, he goes hard. Richard. Richard. Want to go with your mother wasn't right? No. You should have stayed. Should have stayed on those medicines. Yeah. So... Not too many days later. That was January 21st. We're now on January 27th. Jeez Louise. He he completed his final act of terror. He entered the home of Evelyn Moroth, who was babysitting her 22-month-old nephew, David. Also in the home was a friend, Danny Meredith, and Evelyn's son, Jason, who was six years old. Evelyn was in the bath while Dan was watching the kids. While Richard entered the home... Dan went into the hallway and was shot point-blank in the head. Richard then stole Danny's wallet and car keys. Jason had run into his mom's room to escape. However, Richard followed him, and on his way, he also shot David in the head and killed Jason shortly after. Richard then entered the bathroom and fatally shot Evelyn once into the head. He dragged her corpse to the bedroom where he simultaneously sodomized her and drank her blood. He then stabbed her about a dozen times in the anus, and he stabbed her in a series of vital points, which caused her blood to pool around her organs. Where he then sliced open her abdomen and drained the blood into a bucket. He then consumed all of her blood. Uh, This is uh, about the point where I was told to stop reading. Uh, after he was done with Evelyn, he went back to Danny, where he took him to the bathroom, split his skull open, and consumed an amount of brain matter. Ew. Yeah. Uh, shortly after, a six-year-old girl who Jason had a playdate with knocked on the door and startled Richard. He then absconded to Dan's car. Uh, the little girl alerted a neighbor, and the neighbor broke into the home to find the grisly scene left behind. Oh my god, can you imagine walking in on that? I couldn't. You know what? I've I'm, I'm asking the stuff. wrong person I've here. I've seen some pretty nasty stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking of myself. No, I could not imagine. <laughs> I could. All, all Evelyn wanted was a bath. She just wanted to relax. She just needed some self-care. Self-care. My God, Richard. I know. Richard's the worst. I'm just kind of half speechless at the moment. Continue. No worries. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Once police arrived to the home, they discovered that Richard had also left behind perfect handprints and imprints of the soles of his shoes in Evelyn's blood. Mm. Richard did not leave everything at the scene, though. He had taken David, the 22-month-year-old baby, with him. He had chopped off his penis and used it as a straw to suck the blood out of, out of the body. Oh, no. So... My coworker and I had a conversation about this as well, about okay. whether or not it could really be done. And he's pretty positive that it can be done. I feel like it, it can, but you sh- never should. You never absolutely should. <laughs> oh, no, I hate that part. So after he did that, he then sliced the corpse open and consumed several of his organs and made smoothies out of others. He ultimately disposed of the corpse outside of a nearby church. Now, the FBI were called to investigate. They compiled a killer profile that determined that the killer would be tall, malnourished, a loner, physically unclean, and that he would want to continue to kill. 
I, and I want to know, like, every time I bring up FBI profiles, they're pretty spot they're on. They're pretty spot on. I want to like, know how they come to these conclusions. I don't know. I find that fascinating, though. Because if I were, like, an FBI profiler, I would just be like, yep, this guy is a fucking sicko. Let's go find a disgusting person. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to go with it's a dude, and he's gross. Yes. <laughs> Ew. Ugh. I'm just... <sighs> trucking through. Just trucking through. I yeah. get it. I understand. The baby did me in. I believe that. Yeah. That kind of hurt me, too. Hurt my heart. Uh, five days after the mass murder, Evelyn... Uh, let me restart that sentence. Mm-hmm. Five days after the mass murder of Evelyn, Danny, Jason, and David, a woman named Nancy Holden contacted the police after hearing that the pro- after hearing the profile and advised that she believed that Richard Chase was the suspect they were looking for. After running a background check on Richard, the police discovered that he owned a twenty two caliber semi automatic pistol. And after this discovery, detectives teamed up with police and went to Richard's apartment, where Richard refused to speak with them. They waited for Richard to leave his apartment, and they arrested him. During the arrest, he had been carrying a bloodstained box, and his jacket and shoes were also bloodstained. Inside the box were pieces of shredded wallpaper. Sorry, shredded blood-soaked wallpaper. Everything's covered in blood. Because we're just assuming Richard. if it's Richard, it has blood. Yes, essentially. And he also had the bloodstained twenty-two in question. They also found that he had Dan Meredith's wallet. So he's just, he's just everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. During a search of the apartment, they found the walls, floors, ceiling, refrigerating, and all of his eating and drinking utensils soaked in blood. Ew. The blender in which Richard would make his smoothies was caked in coagulated blood and the rotting matter of internal organs. Can you imagine? This place must have stunk so bad. I can, I, I can't imagine... Because I know what internal organs smell like. I was, yeah, I keep mentioning, I forget who I'm talking to. Yes, you know exactly what it smells like. Oh my gosh, it must be so bad. It's not a good smell. It's the smell of decomp and the smell of viscera. Did he eat anything? I guess you don't, I don't know if you would know that or not. Does he eat anything like not that? Like just normal food? If he was malnourished, I'm going to go with no. Mm, or just enough to, like, get by, maybe. I mean, Ugh. think about all the protein he's getting. And all, you know? He, he was probably getting by. I guess if he was malnourished, probably wasn't getting what he... Oh, I hate it all. He was eating a lot of animal parts. It That's true, the animals. Animal parts. He was on that carnivore diet. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So inside the refrigerator, they found several animal body parts wrapped in foil. David's brains were in a Tupperware container, and pieces of his body were wrapped in saran wrap. Lastly, he had several of Evelyn and Teresa's internal organs. Mm. It wasn't until March 24th when a church janitor found a box containing the remains of David. So that was a good January to March, two, three months. Mm-hmm. So, that's really unfortunate. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. In 1979, Richard stood trial for six counts of murder. In an attempt to avoid the death penalty, the defense tried to have Richard found guilty of second-degree murder, which would give Richard a life sentence. 
Their case for a lot. He doesn't... I, I had a lot of... Uh, the, the whole thing was that because of his mental illness, it wasn't a premeditated thing. Well, it might not have been premeditated. But, but it, it's still gross. It's <laughs> Richard ain't right, alright? So... <laughs> he kind of... <laughs> He kind of deserves that death penalty. Like, are we going to be sad if Richard gets the death penalty? Mm, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. On May 8th of 1979, the jury found Richard guilty of six counts of first-degree murder. The defense asked for a clemency hearing, which is kind of like getting a pardon. Mm -hmm. uh, but the judge determined that Richard was not legally insane. He was sentenced to death via gas chamber. While in prison, Richard was feared by his inmates. They would regularly regularly try to convince him to kill himself because they were too close. They were too scared to get close to him. So nobody would like. He was pretty much left alone because people were so afraid of him. People wouldn't even like beat the crap out of him because they were mm -hmm. just scared of him. Yeah, and that's hmm. insane considering this is a tall, skinny, malnourished man who they could have definitely broken and like. Mm -hmm. Which left to his own devices, like, without any weapons, he probably really wasn't that much of a threat. Probably not. Physically speaking. Yeah. Like, they probably could have taken him. It was just he had a reputation that they were mm -hmm. scared of. Oh, absolutely. Which, I mean, for a good reason. For a good reason, absolutely. I wish that they would have gave him the death penalty and just thrown him into a blender. They gave him the death penalty. But I'm they, saying, I, okay. I would like for him to get thrown into a blender. He deserves it. Yeah. Like a giant human-sized blender. There's just some cases, I think, karma of, like, what you did is what you should get. Oh, and I feel like that would be good for him. I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> During his time in prison, he did interviews with Robert Ressler, who was an FBI agent and author. Uh, during the interviews, he would speak about his fears of Nazis and UFOs. Richard also claimed that he killed to keep himself alive and that it wasn't his fault and that he was forced to kill. Mm. Uh, were you, Richard? Were you, though? You were sure you? about that? Sure about that? <laughs> sure about that? The dogs aren't sure about that. No. He also asked Robert Ressler for a radar gun to catch the Nazi UFOs <laughs> so he can apprehend the Nazis and make them stand trial for their murders. It's also noted that he once handed Robert Ressler a handful of macaroni and cheese that he kept in his pocket. <laughs> so random. <laughs> He's got to keep people on their toes. Jeez. <laughs> on December 26, 1980, a guard doing cell checks found Richard lying in his bed not breathing. An autopsy determined that he had committed suicide with an overdose of antidepressants that he had been saving over the course of a few weeks. Mm. And that, my friends, is the very unfortunate tale of Richard Chase. That was unfortunate. He's unfortunate. I'm. I really wish that uh, he would have got some justice on that one, which I understand he got in jail and all the things. I don't like that he ended it on his terms. He only spent like a year in jail. He could have toughed it out long enough to get his death death penalty, you know? Yeah. He deserved that gas chamber. Oh, yeah. He deserved a blender. He deserved a lot of things. On the other hand, I just know like for his last meal, he would have asked for something really disgusting. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. he just doesn't deserve that. No. Well, he would have been like, bring me a whole live rabbit. Just, like, let it loose in the cell and he has to catch it. <laughs> Grease it up and it's, like, one of those fairs. 
where you see the kids chasing the greased pig around, but it's yeah. Richard chasing around a rabbit. Nice. Um. Well, this really wasn't fun. Thank, thank you so much, Casey. Thank you. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some really gnarly cases recently and i'm so sorry i i'm always bringing these really gross ones up and i can't help it i just love the nasty shit uh i want to bring something i think we're gonna try to do something a little lighter next time that might be mellow it out a little bit people some relief a little relief all right well we will see you guys next week we love you thank you for holding in there with us we really do love you we really do love you We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.